Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, really, really, really excited. We have another fantastic guest. Today's guest, she's an image strategy expert who is passionate about helping people transform the way they show up in the world. She is the founder of Mikado, a concierge personal styling firm, focuses on eliminating the confusion and insecurities associated with determining how to dress. She has spent the last decade studying the connection between confidence, self-perception and impression after recognizing the power of implementing actionable wardrobe techniques. Her company has taught hundreds of men and women how to leverage a confident put together image in order to open up an abundant opportunities in both their personal and professional lives. Ricardo trains entrepreneurs, business leaders and corporate executives in the foundations of power dressing from some of the country's preeminent companies with the likes of Morgan Stanley, Deloitte, Berkshire Hathaway, Universal Music, Starbucks and Disney amongst her clients. So a very warm welcome to my perfect failure, Jordan Stolch. How are you, Jordan? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me today. Such a pleasure to be here. I'm delighted to have you for a number of reasons. One, I love the connection of fashion and the way that you bring it to people and help them evolve and understand what fashion means to them. You align those connection points, which I think is fascinating. Maybe mm-hmm. you can give us a little bit of steer on that so the listeners can get a feel for that as well. But also, I'm, I'm really keen because you're amazing and I'm keen to cover a really important subject today. Subject today for the listeners is called How to Successfully Repivot Your Business During a Pandemic. And I think there's so many of us are wondering how what is the how? And you've successfully done that. So it'd be really cool to get in that. But in the first instance, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to ask Jordan maybe to give myself and the listeners a little bit of who Jordan is. Yeah, well, thank you. You did such a great introduction. Um, and you really covered the type of work that I do and the work I do with my company. Um, but the biggest piece for us at Mikado is bridging the outer and the inner. So, you know, we do a lot of work, I'm sure you do, I know you do as well, in personal development, self-development, and we like to think of it as like going hand in hand. So when you're working on the inside, you work on the outside often as well, because one doesn't feel bad and the other one feel good. They kind of create the symbiotic relationship with each other. So when we can help people work on the external pieces, it really drives the confidence piece. So the internal piece, and that's the motivation behind the work we do. So it is in fashion and style and all of those words that you used, but the biggest piece is the confidence. So helping people mm-hmm. find the clothes that, you know, not only represent who they are, but when they put them on, they can show up at their jobs or they can show up in their personal life, whether it's dating or to their to their husband or wife or, you know, with their friends, whatever that might look like. 
and really show up as their most confident self. They feel able to communicate more effectively with other people and present themselves more effectively. Um, and I just believe that confidence is really what drives all of our successful interactions. So being able to facilitate that in people is the basis for all of the work that we do. Yeah, it's really interesting because I watched a, a YouTube video, one of your another podcast that you did. Yeah. Um, and you just talked about your ability to you know, mind shift, how important that is. Mm-hmm. You help your clients declutter mm-hmm. and and how you know, and help people present the image that they want to present because for the, for the untrained person like me, isn't that clear how to do that? So it's really interesting sort of connecting those dots. Yeah. I think for the untrained person, it, it is unclear. And often there's a, might be an aversion to this topic for somebody who has no interest in, I don't want to say style, but like when they hear the word fashion or Mm. something, they don't have a lot of interest in it. But what I imagine they do have is an interest in feeling good or an interest in, you know, feeling like their best self Mm. so that when they go out into the world, they just operate on a different level. And so that's more the work that we're doing. It's not so much an attention to like what's in style or what's what brands are relevant Mm. right now. It's really not that. It's just what clothes for you in particular make you feel great. And how do we get you wearing those clothes so that when you operate in your everyday life, you perform at a higher level? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just, yeah, I think that's really important because if you have confidence, then whatever job Mm. you are, you're going to perform better. Everything. The levels just increase. Potentially we'll get into this as we sort of delve into this episode, but obviously now more of us have been working remotely because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and you know we're using zoom now zoom has gone for the roof everybody's using zoom everything (laughs) some people at the start of the year may have not been totally familiar with zoom but it's become sort of a staple part of our yeah our our daily lives and i was talking to a colleague last week and sort of having a lot of internal calls our address but then sometimes if i've got a, a call with a client i might think you know what i need to feel different on this call. right yeah i, I can't i need mm-hmm. to my sort of mindset mm-hmm. although it's switched on for internal stuff because that's incredibly yeah. important but for mm-hmm. the clients where maybe i don't have that relationship and i need to project right a wee bit differently i dress differently i might put on right. some trousers or jeans exactly or, and i yeah. might put on a, a different top as much not just for them but also for me I was just saying to a lot last week, I just thought about that as we were talking. Yeah. I, I mean, a huge part of it is actually for you. It's not necessarily mm. for the other person. Like definitely when you get on Zoom, you want to look a certain way for that client. But a huge part of it is like, if I feel good, I sit up differently. I communicate differently. I'm just more effective. Yeah. I feel more confident in what I'm talking about. And that's like, when we're client facing, it's also imagine if you're like going on a Zoom date, which yeah. a lot of my clients are right now. And the way you present yourself in a situation like that, it just kind of drives everything. So an attention to it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. So pandemic, everybody, yeah. everybody is up against it this year because this pandemic yeah. has come from, no, yeah. from nowhere and it's just Im- impacted so many people. So how has it impacted you with Mikado, how what's that yeah, been like for you? It's, I mean, it was. I don't want to use the word catastrophic because that's a really intense word, but it was close to that because it was overnight. Um, nobody wanted somebody in their home, and as you introduced, 
we are a concierge firm, which meant that we would do start to finish shopping for a client and bring it to them in their home. Um, so overnight, nobody wanted anyone in their home, of course, and nobody needed clothes because overnight, everyone's job went from, you know, the type of clients we work with is an executive client. So everybody went from business travel to speaking on stages, you know, to huge investor meetings to being on Zoom. And while they still needed to look presentable, they could get by with what they owned. They could, you know, swap out the same three shirts or, you know, so overnight we went from, I think it was about a three month waiting list for new clients to like, just wow crickets. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a three month waiting list. Prior then, to, and, yeah. And then overnight, bosh. Yeah. Because I think, you know, you remember back to March, like there was just so much fear and uncertainty and the last thing some myself included the last thing somebody was thinking about was should i invest in my wardrobe this week yeah. <laughs> you know that's yeah. just on the list of priorities that's not there so yeah there's it was just an overnight exodus of clients so it really required us to pivot our business mm -hmm. and luckily we've been able to but in those first few months it was just such a challenge so what was that like in terms of the emotion and being quite an understatement traumatic to mm. for that to happen? Yeah, traumatic is not even an understatement. The, the emotional state for me as a business owner and also an employer um, to have to let go of people because mm. there was no work for them. And so to let go of them, but then to also think, how will I ever get out of this? Like, how yeah. will I ever find a solution? Because I only saw this one model for my business, which was we would shop for people and we would bring it to their home and we would work with them in their home. So I couldn't see any other way around it. Yeah. And I felt like I just, I don't know when we'll ever be able to do mm. that again. And so the emotional state was just complete darkness. Like, yeah. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't, I didn't know how to face it. And I've never been that type of person before, but in this situation, it just felt like I cannot see an answer anywhere. And it was bleeding finances, like bleeding money. And I didn't know how to stop it. Yeah. And um, was, <laughs> sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, I would imagine there's so many other people, mm. you know, that have been or still are in that position this year. And absolutely, there's just, I think there's nothing that feels like that. Like you're everything that you've built is, is disappearing in front of your eyes. And it's not as it's not as a from a result of something you've done or a choice you made in your business. It's completely outside of your control. And you're seeing the people that you love and that work for you. You're having to let go of them at the same time as everything's crumbling for yourself. It's, there's no words for that. Yeah. Because you're having to make such difficult decisions. And yeah. I think it's probably even more traumatic because there was, it almost felt like there was no buildup. The pandemic just arrived and then the, the world was traumatized. The world was yeah. devastated and there were yeah. no, there were no real green shoots of just do this, just do this, do this. Cause everyone right. was traumatized. So yeah. looked at radio, TV, Read articles, mm -hmm. everything was pretty much doom and gloom. Absolutely. So it was kind of like difficult to see the wood for the trees because mm -hmm. 
there was nothing there. And then you're having to make some real, you know, decisions, real tough decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I can tot- I totally sort of get that. So mm-hmm. at some point you, I don't know if seeing the light is the right thing, but mm-hmm. you found strength to make decisions, think about repivoting. How did that transpire? Yeah. So thank God, eventually throughout these months, I, I have been able to pivot and I think it came in, it was months before I was able to, to be completely frank, um, I started, I started joining business groups of other like-minded entrepreneurs, um, not necessarily in the field that I was in, but who had small businesses as well that were really impacted. And almost immediately, there was just a shift in my mental health because it was, at least I'm not alone. Like, at least I can, there's other people that are feeling this in the same way. Because I used my my family and friends before that as a sounding board, mm-hmm. but they exist in a different reality or yeah. in a different yeah. world. And so while they were so supportive, they couldn't really understand it. So the first thing for me was being around other people who were entrepreneurs and who understood it. And from there, I was able to see that other people were pivoting their businesses in ways that were completely outside of what they had done. And then I started to think, is there an option for me to pivot this model that I've always had? Because I was so resistant to it before that. And I think that happens a lot of times that we have this story in our mind not just in business, even in life. And it's so fixed that an alternate reality, we just don't believe it can exist. But when you're able to step back from it, I think you can start to see that maybe there's another option. And so what I was able to do was to see people using Zoom and and adjusting to virtual services and consumers getting really comfortable working with a professional on Zoom in a capacity that they may not have been okay with before that. And I started to think, is there a way that I could integrate this model into my business? And at first I I was so, to be completely honest, the first thing I said was like, women will never go for this. This was a story I had. It was like, women will never go for this. Maybe I can with men. Maybe they take less work. They're easier. (laughs) Maybe they'll go for it. And I don't know where I came up with that. It was just a story again. So we shifted and we started introducing virtual services. And the first like clients in the first week were all women. They were all so on board. And ever since actually introducing it, we've had like 70% more women than men. So again, it was this, yeah, it was just a story still again. Um, but what we introduced was a lower price point service. So before we had a concierge service that was in person here in Los Angeles, and we still offer it, but the price point is very high because it takes care of takes care of everything for a client. So the price point is high and that's why it draws a certain type of client. But introducing virtual meant that we could open up our services to a whole new spectrum of people because it eliminated the concierge element. It eliminated all of the shopping being done for somebody else. And it was only doing consulting over Zoom and helping people find clothes online, but not doing the shopping component for them. So it allowed us to bring the price point down and then open up the client base to a much wider client base that never would have been able to afford our alternative service. Um, So since then, we've been able to even pick up clients here in Los Angeles where we offer still an in-person service, but they that price point is not accessible to them. So we have an alternate option for them now, which we never had before. So the beautiful gift in this year is that for us, 
that we've been able to start serving people that we never would have served before. And the type of work we're doing, we're still able to bring that message to a, you know, to a new client base, even though the price point is lower. Um, so that's been beautiful and it's such a gift. But what it really required was stepping outside of the mind and seeing like, could something else work? Yeah eliminating that story of saying that it couldn't and i think yeah we're all very fixed aren't we because mm-hmm. if, if we've been doing something for a period of time yeah that's the way that i do it that's the way that i've mm-hmm. always done it that's the way that i always envisioned doing it yeah and i think to do something different there's that change and i think mm-hmm. we all become fearful when we do we think we've got to change we think well i don't really know how to do that that's a little bit different and what was interesting that you said as well was about you thought about making a change. So you had the idea, our brain sort of tricks us. Always. And it says, well, you see, you have the idea, but then you're sort of the the right-hand side of our brain says, well, you know what? Well, that's not going to work. Right. But the left-hand side of my brain's already said, well, let's give it a shot. So I think that I was talking to somebody recently and we were talking around, around this kind of subject that, Mm-hmm. We might have the impetus to do something and it, and be mm-hmm. excited by it. Mm-hmm. But then our mm-hmm. brain says, well, really, can that really be done? Right. But it's, I think going with our gut sometimes is the way to go. Yeah, because sometimes we have such an attachment to our thoughts. Mm. And oftentimes in life, it requires us to unattach from them, I think, to really create change or to grow. Because the attachment to the thought is just keeps generating the same result. Yeah. And this year in particular... I think we're all learning like we can't keep generating the same results we need to do something else we need to change it in some way and so when you can hear the one side of the brain give you the idea the other side tell you it can't be done I think we need to just push acknowledge yeah. that that side is there but lose the attachment to it Absolutely. and just push Which forward skill to do that because it is it's breaking a cycle of mm-hmm you know, of working. And what's interesting as well is that connecting with other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that may not be in the same industry, but the mm-hmm. same challenges are very real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think entrepreneurs mm-hmm. definitely develop that skill set that you've got where they're less reliant on that, on a former attachment, because you have to be yeah. quite nimble. And Absolutely. Um, groups that you joined, was that something that just presented itself to you or did you seek those out? To be honest, it just presented itself to me. And I feel like it was like divine intervention in some way. I had, I felt like I had exhausted every option. I remember I was, I put a lot of money into marketing, advertising to try to find a way to make, make it work. But the messaging that I was presenting was always the same. And so it just wasn't working, but I would just keep trying. I would just put more money into it, but keep doing the same thing. And it wasn't working. And I remember thinking in my head, like, if this last round doesn't work, this is it. Like I have no, I don't have any other ideas of Mm. how to change this. And then Facebook and Instagram is so good at like predicting what you're looking for in a kind of creepy way. (laughs) And I remember this ad came up and it was for this group of entrepreneurs and they were doing exactly what we're talking about, just looking for ways to pivot their business Mm -hmm. this year. And it was really inexpensive to join. It was like a $65 investment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to join this group. And I joined and it started the next day. And it was like overnight there was this exhale or Mm. like, Oh my God, I found people. I found people like me. And from then to now is like the most growth I've had in my entire life actually, because it's like I'm in a group with maybe 200 entrepreneurs that are similar to me. Um, And I just feel like, okay, here's a tribe of people that 
that get it. And so I do think that for, for entrepreneurs, all entrepreneurs, it's so integral to have that tribe or that team of people around you because you can't do it alone. And oftentimes when we are building our businesses, we think I can do everything. I can wear all the hats. I can make all the decisions. And yeah, I just don't think you can. And when you're in a group of like-minded people, you can start to see like, what's he doing that works for yeah. him? What's she doing that works for her? And I can get outside of my thoughts and see other ideas and and find a way to implement them in the work that I'm doing as well. Okay. I love this story because... This year, most stories that you hear are kind of like doom yeah. and gloom. So yeah. it's nice to hear somebody that's gone through the challenges that everybody yeah. has gone through, but yeah. actually has found a way because this will encourage and inspire people to do things differently and to, and to, and to give people hope. I think so. I think there is so much hope for me. I found it. I've, mm. I found I'm actually in the best year of my life, but it went it started in what felt like the worst experience of my yeah. life that I could never survive. I felt like I was drowning in depression. And now I feel like all of that led up to what was the most beautiful part of my life. And that was putting myself around other people that were like me. Yeah. And so I think we're human beings. We need connection. And whether we're entrepreneurs or not, it's just finding the people that are similar to you and letting that build you up, not being alone. Yeah. I think that's very real actually, because, because I get stimuli from being around other people. Yeah. Just that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's even if as an entrepreneur, you can work, you can be solo, but periodically mm -hmm. you'll go out and you're a train or a tube or your walk or whatever yeah. it may be. And you interact with people on your way to mm -hmm. a meeting then you have the meeting mm -hmm. with the client but you're mm -hmm. getting that stimulation all the time yeah. and we think when we're walking we, it yeah. may not it may not seem like much but we're having those thought processes but right. when we're at home and we're in a pandemic we don't really get much stim stimulation it's all negative because we put the radio on it's about the pandemic and how awful yeah. it is. tv's the same radio's the same and that i think that affects us mentally and it, it doesn't does. really it doesn't really inspire creative no thinking and it doesn't inspire hope. I think it just pulls us down. So for me, myself, I've needed to distance as much as I can yeah. from paying attention to that. I think we all know the news at this point. So for me personally, it's not serving me. Absolutely. So to be removed from it, but then also the element of, even if it is just us connecting over Zoom, like many of the people I work with now, I've never met them in person. Yeah. yeah. But you know, this beautiful thing where I can connect with you and we're in different countries, different parts of the world. And having that with other people, with the right people, I think it's infectious. Mm. So it can really dictate the course of our mental health, the course of our day, yeah, the course yeah. of our productivity. So just finding those people to be around is so important. Yeah, I agree. Because I'm very positive. And I think that when this pandemic is over, finger, you know, I've got my fingers crossed as we're talking, yeah. that it will be over sooner rather than yeah. later. And, but there will be people that have come out of this with amazing stories like yours. That I have, think so. That have yeah. pivoted, have done, you know, you yeah. and I aren't aware of these people, but there's people working now in different pockets of the world yeah. doing amazing things. Potentially if they've come from a place of adversity, but they've been able to pivot like you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's why I think it's important for me, you and listeners to know that there is hope. But if we, mm -hmm. if, we if we attach ourselves to that hope, then we can do whatever it is that we want. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
one question I have for you is like yeah. your why was that always important to you the why of you and your business mm-hmm. that central theme the why is I think it's so important for me but I do feel like it's important for everyone even entrepreneur or not so our why is like why are we alive why are we on this planet what drives us and our why is what's going to get us up in the morning I think it you know it's more than just our obligations it's like what is our purpose for being on this earth for me my why is like human connection the way we've been talking about and also helping people to see what's possible for their lives so the only reason that I was able to get up during the beginning of COVID when everything felt like it was falling apart was because I knew the work that I was doing was creating change for people. Yeah. So even though I couldn't see it happening right then, I knew it created positive change in my clients' lives. So I knew that that was the reason to keep going. Um, so I think for all of us, there's something in us that drives us that way. Sometimes we're a lot of times it's unconscious, so we don't know what it is, but we all have it. And I think it's important to dig down and figure out what it is so we're aware of it yeah. and we can know what's pushing us to keep going. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. So if there's people mm-hmm. listening to this now, then think about what their why is. Yeah, there is this fantastic speaker and author. His name is Dean Graziosi. He works a lot with Tony Robbins and he talks about this experiment or this exercise, sorry, of doing like seven questions to ask yourself to get to your why, which I would recommend a lot of people try. And because a lot of people will say my why is like to make my family happy or some, you know, a surface, more of a surface level why. And he encourages people to keep digging and keep digging until they can really get to the root because he just talks about what we were saying, like really understanding what pushes you, what drives you, what gets you out of bed in the morning and then playing into that, using your why to, you know, to create bigger things in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess that if it's something that we're not familiar with because we've never really delved into our why, mm-hmm. then listening to somebody like Dean who, you know, would be an expert in that area will help yeah. us yeah. understand and really get to the root of what it is. Yes. Yeah. For many of us, it might be a foreign exercise to to suddenly embark on. Yes, exactly. So, so your business now mm-hmm. is longer and it's got more layers and you're strong. Yes, yeah. You probably have more layers now. Would you say that's... Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like a new... I feel like shed a skin and I feel like myself again, but like a 10x version of yeah. myself. Yeah. And do you think as a result of that, you'll be as Mikado grows and develops, mm-hmm. you'll be more open to changes, subtle changes, d- different areas of evolution for your business. Yes, absolutely. I think what I've seen and what I've learned this year is that my rigidity towards change was limiting a lot of the possibilities yeah. that were there for my business. And so going through such catastrophic loss earlier this year allowed was the only way for me to see that pivoting or change was possible and sometimes it really does take something of that magnitude to help us see you know what might be right in front of us so now I feel uh, this openness to kind of go just pay attention to what's happening around me see what other people are doing what other you know where is success happening in other businesses and how can I pivot as well so yeah. I just want to be, I want to be like a sponge, just yeah. open to 
what's working in the world and how do we keep moving? We're so blessed to have the gift of technology to do these kind of things that we wouldn't have been able to do a few years ago. So to use that, to learn how to use that and incorporate it into our business um, is so integral. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess you've already summarized it, but having entrepreneurs in your world, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. I used to work in a WeWork, so what we would have. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's funny, actually, I was in the WeWork that I normally worked in last week. It was mm-hmm. empty. Unfortunately, it was empty. Oh, my gosh. But, but um, I guess the reason I referenced that is because there, you would have lots of meetings and yeah. activities, whether it would be at lunchtime or in the evening, yeah. where you got to speak to other like-minded people about different types of initiatives and right. you know, there'd be some common areas of, of interest. But I guess what's great, what you've been able to do is for people listening that still exists, but it's online now. It does. And there's so much of it online. There's, you know, there's so many communities of people that are like us Mm. that are trying to create things or make change or they're hungry for more. And, you know, we're blessed to have Facebook and, you know, these kind of things where we can do that. Um, What I think is incredible is like being around like-minded people but also people that are different from you so Mm. you have similarities with them but they're going to point out to you like yeah I'm like this is a small example but before we used to have everyone who starts a project with us starts with a consultation very in-depth consultation so we can get to like the root of exactly what they're trying to achieve and we would always require that somebody call in speak to somebody in the office we would gather some information about them before we would set that consultation. When I joined this group, everybody told me like, why are you making people call into you? Nobody wants to do that. Like, this is just so minor, but my mind was so close to it. They said like, they need to just book it on your website and like be done with it. Eliminate that middle step. And I said, no, I need to, we need to gather this information about them. They won't be able, we need to tell them about our services. They won't be able to do that online. I was so resistant, but I started to see things like this that other people were doing that were working for them. So we put it onto our website. I cannot tell you the like the almost immediate growth we had in people booking consultations just from eliminating that middle step of them having to call. But I was so closed off to it because we just never done it before. So I think being able to be around other people and take things from their business, even if their business looks so different than yours, is what opens your eyes because you only know what you know. It's like blinders. You know, you can only see what you've seen before. So seeing from somebody else's perspective you're going to get results so much quicker than if you spent the time trying to learn everything on your own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's important as well, because when people come to, it's taking away barriers because if they've got to do an action, Mm -hmm. it's actually a little bit of work for them. And they might be that they might be a little bit busy, you know, balancing. I I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, we have so many people book in now in a way that they didn't before. Um, oftentimes they might not be a perfect fit. So we're, we've, you know, that screening, initial screening we would have done on the phone isn't there, but there's so many more people I know that wouldn't have taken the step to call that are now becoming clients. So just, you know, being agile, like you said before, and being able to 
adapt and see what's working for other people and imp- implement it yourself. I think you get that by being around entrepreneurs. Okay. I've, I've given you a virtual high five. <laughs> I love it. I, I love, I love that progression yeah. and, that, and, that, yeah. and that openness, which I yeah. think is, is very important. Mm-hmm. And um, something that I've written down, mm-hmm. I've written down about belief. So has belief been important to you in your journey? Has that, has that become more solid since the year's gone on? Or was it always there? Belief in my work or belief in something bigger than me? But belief in your work and what yeah. your, the why, I guess. Okay, yes. So belief is, yeah, it's everything. So for me, it feels like my belief in the work that I'm doing is the whole reason I'm here on this planet. Um, during the pandemic, when there were questions floating in my mind of like, what if I can't have my business anymore? What am I going to do with my life? Like, those questions floated in. But there was always this deep, deep belief that this is this is just part of me. This is what I do. And I think that tied into the why. So that was the only reason that I could find the strength to look for a solution. Mm. Um, so I think as an entrepreneur, you almost have to have that like unwavering faith in what you're doing or, you know, in the message that you're trying to put out in the belief that you are making change um, because doubt is constant and that voice is constant and it will take over you if you don't know. So even if you're questioning it, but if you need to know the belief needs to be in your, in your gut deep in there uh, to drive you to keep going. Yeah, totally. And I think that's why, connecting with the groups that you've connected with I think so important because if you're not an entrepreneur like yourself Mm -hmm. or like those guys most people don't get it and they're reinforce any doubts that you any sort of small doubts that you've got they will open them up so they become big oh yeah if you're around the wrong people when you've got people that are similar focus totally different businesses potentially yeah but they understand it they get it isn't it incredible yeah there's something so beautiful to be around that. And, you know, that isn't to put to slight other people who aren't entrepreneurs. But I think, as you said, they just don't understand it. They haven't experienced that. They haven't lived in that. So they might be the first ones, if if you're struggling, they might be the first ones to tell you, like, throw in the towel Mm. or, you know, it's not going to work. And they don't mean it to insult you. They just seeing it from a different lens. But an entrepreneur is going to be the one that's going to tell you, no, pick it up, keep going. There's options here. There's another path. You haven't seen it yet. There's another door you can look in. And so it's like your tribe, they just motivate you and keep you going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's important that we understand that. And and like Mm -hmm. you say, it's no slight in anybody else because, Mm -mm. you know, if we're doing their job, we might not fully understand that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all Mm -hmm. different and, Mm -hmm. but we can all evolve. I think that's a really encouraging thing. We all can Yes. From, we can we all can evolve and there will be yeah. people that have gone from like a fixed solid job yeah because of the pandemic that isn't mm-hmm. here and maybe mm-hmm. they've become an entrepreneur and they're doing an mm-hmm. amazing thing and they're on mm-hmm. an amazing journey or on a start mm-hmm. of an mm-hmm. amazing journey I think we're going to see so many incredible entrepreneurs come out of this time. I do I do 100% mm-hmm. I think so beautiful there will be books written by people yeah. that came from the most horrendous situation when this pandemic started and 
you know, there will be some best, there will be films made of, of, yeah. this, of people yeah. that have just transitioned and they've, they've yeah. got an amazing product, which is serving not just them, but people globally mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you, because obviously what you do can serve people globally. And I, I know that you mm-hmm. have clients, not just in the US, yeah, different yeah. parts of the world. Which I think Yesterday, we just had our first client in India, which wow. before, before the pandemic, I ju- if you said you would have a client in India, I'd just say like, no way, that's not. <laughs> that's you know, a, so, a massive market to tap in and to get. And yeah, there's just a massive world in front of us. And so to oh, expand your mind to think like my customer could be anywhere yeah that's incredible incredible that's incredible something i wanted to ask you yeah so if i'm not failing then i'm mm-hmm. living in mediocrity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what does that mean to you yeah that this means a lot to me so failure failure has always been something that's been really huge in my life um it's been really important in my life because if I know, if I read, I pause often to look back on chapters of my life. So that might be every week, like usually every Sunday, I look back on the previous week. Oh, really? It cool. could be, yeah, it could be at the end of a month to reflect back on the previous month and certainly at the end of a year. So if I look back, if I assess even a given week and I feel like everything's just even keel, you know, like there's no disruption, um, it could mean that everything's moving smoothly, which is okay, but it can also often mean that I'm kind of existing in a state of mediocrity. So I haven't possibly put myself out there enough to be rejected enough, or I haven't tried enough. So I think why failure is so important is because it's in failure that we really learn. It, you know, When we fail, we step back and we say, what didn't work there? Why did I fail? What did I try that didn't land on my clients properly? And now, how can I adjust and how can I pivot? But in success, we rarely do that. When we succeed in doing something, you know, if I if I pitch my business for something and someone says yes, I don't often stand back and think, why did that go like that? Why did they say yes? I just think I'm doing a great job yeah. and they recognized it. But when I fail, when I try something in my business like I was trying earlier this year and it continuously fails, that's when we can really step back and learn why is my message not landing or what am I doing that's not working properly for my clients or even in my personal life. Like if I'm having this communication breakdown with a client or with a, you know, a person in my life, a friend, a family member, and it's not working, like I can really take something away from that. But when everything's working, maybe I'm not learning as much. So I try to push myself out of a state of mediocrity and into a state where there's more of an ebb and flow so that I can always feel like I'm growing. Yeah, that's interesting. So how have you got to a point that you do that, that you that you actually have that self-diagnosis to to, to question things? Because I just that, that's, that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I think I'm so aware of the times in my, especially in my business, when I feel really even keel, hmm. when I feel like no major success is happening and no major failure for me, it just feels like mediocrity. Like it just feels like I'm not growing. Nothing's changing. And I'm so hungry for change. And change, I guess I mean as growth, but I just feel like I must not have been taking large enough risks if there's not rejection or failure at some point. If everything's just coasting along, kind of just, I don't know, it just feels too easy. Yeah. Feels like 
I haven't pushed it enough because it's always the times that I want to try something new and I try it and maybe it doesn't work the first time. It doesn't work the second time. Someone is saying no to it. Another person saying no to it. After those trials and errors is when the real success comes afterwards because I was able to see what's not working. It just, I don't feel like when I'm coasting along that I'm really growing that much. That's really interesting because it's very easy when things aren't going according to plan on both ends of the scale, actually, if something's not going according to plan, it's very easy to drop it and think, well, actually, of course, that's not meant to be. And on the other side of the coin, as you rightly said, that when something went well, well, why did it go? No no one really thinks. No one thinks that. So you're not really learning in that experience. Yeah. So, and the thing about business, things change and if we're not, they do. When, yeah. we don't have our finger on the pulse, then yeah. there might have been some signs that were there. Yeah. But because we've not had that, yeah. that self-diagnosis. Self- yeah. So I would almost encourage people to lean into failure because to get excited about it in some kind of way, maybe not catastrophic failure where you're losing your business, but the failure of rejection, even the failure of something not working because you really have the opportunity in a failure to see how you need to change. And if we can go back to what we said before, not having an attachment to something is what allows you to rebound out of failure much quicker. So if I want to try something in my business and it doesn't work, if I have an attachment to it, then I'm going to keep trying it, keep trying it. And it's going to, you know, if it keeps not working, not working, but I'm so attached to it, I'm not really learning there. But if I want to try something in my business, it doesn't work. Maybe I try it again. It still doesn't work. Then I let go of it. And then what can I try from there and try, let me try something else if that's not working let go of it let's just keep switching gears until we find the direction that's really meant to work yeah i'm just writing down loads of notes but then i just realized i can just listen to this after yeah just the mm-hmm. habit of writing notes down mm-hmm. no that, that's really interesting important stuff so we're getting mm-hmm. towards the end now mm-hmm. unfortunately but unfortunately. um unfortunately but um I guess a couple of questions. So I yeah. wanted to to ask you, you, you've given everybody, including me, cues throughout this discussion, mm-hmm. but just for entrepreneurs out there or anybody that is struggling, what would your advice to them be? Mm-hmm. Well, outside of what we've already discussed, I or, think. or just yeah, you know, or just any any sort of key element, key point that you can okay. The key, I mean, the key for me is find your find your people. Okay, you can't do it alone. Okay. So find your people, even if it's two people. Find people. Then I would say, if you're really struggling, ask people who are outside of your space. So if you have a team, they're so used to seeing through the same lens as you. Mm. So ask people who are outside of what you do. And then ask as many as you can. If you start to see similarities with what outside people are saying, then there must be some validity to it that you haven't been paying attention to. Um, And that can give you a lot of insight into how you might be able to change because the average person is probably going to be your consumer and they're going to see your business really differently than you're going to see it. So getting insight from people who don't know the day in, day out method that you work under. Um, I think that provides you a lot of insight into the direction you can go. Yeah, really, 
really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess like you, those groups are out there. You can go online and you can search for groups, whether it be on. Yeah, I th- you know, I think there's Facebook for me has provided a lot of opportunity to connect yeah. with people. I know there's other websites and things for meetups and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't take that much searching to find yeah. it. There's people okay. there and you can connect with people all over the world now. Yeah, which is which is fabulous. We have yeah. technology. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, I always ask everybody this, I'm always interested to know. Yeah. So if Jordan could invite three inspirational people for dinner, who would you invite? Mm, I love this question. Um, so there, you might not know who they are, but the first one, his name is Rick Caruso. He is... Uh, billionaire real estate developer, um, huge here in Los Angeles. And he is all about, he does like major malls and shopping experiences. So that's why it's true to my heart, but he understands customer service in the way that I do. So he's like always number one for me. Number two is like a world restaurateur. His name's Danny Meyer, also huge into hospitality, which has been like such a foundation in my business. And the third one is is Isidore Sharp, the founder of the Four Seasons Hotel. And he had this view when he started the hotel of seeing customer service. Customer service is huge in my business. So he had this view of seeing the world of hospitality in a completely different way. Um, So there are three men who have shaped my business for me. And if I could sit with them and pick their brains about business, that would be like my dream come true. Okay. So, So what we need to do... We need somebody to send this episode to those guys <laughs> to make it happen. I would love that. You never know. You yeah. never know. That, that would be a dream. And what, what else did I want to ask you? Okay. I wanted to ask you, Ricardo, love it. Love your website. Love what you're Thank doing. You. I love the fact that you pivoted. I find that so inspirational. But how can the listeners find you? Great. So they can either visit the website, which is MikadoPersonalStyling.com, or they can go on Instagram, same handle at Mikado Personal Styling. I always welcome people to send a message, say um, if they've been struggling with something and their confidence, you know, with confidence and clothing, um, because I love having those conversations with people. So I welcome your listeners to send a message, say what they feel like, just to chat. I mean, there's something so beautiful in being able to talk with people about that. Okay, fabulous. And um and like you say, you work with clients all over the world. So yes. America, UK, yeah. India, Canada. Everywhere. Doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jordan, I really, really enjoyed our discussion. Likewise, I, I really I, have as well. I could talk to you for ages, but just wanted to thank you so much. And hopefully in the future, we can connect again and maybe talk about another subjects or or maybe even find out how things are going yes i'm so grateful to be here thank you so much for having me no thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening to my perfect failure you can reach me at www.myperfectfailure.com twitter is failure underscore perfect and insta is pads mpf and please 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 look out for the next episode of my perfect failure take care everybody bye thanks for listening to my perfect failure podcast be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play look out for our next episode